Hi, I'm Dennis Cornelison. If you downloaded this, then you probably already know that Darker Projects is one of the premier producers of quality audio fiction on the internet. But did you ever wonder what goes on behind the scenes? This podcast takes you inside the creative process with interviews from various cast and crew members. You'll find out things you never knew. Welcome to Behind the Scenes at Darker Projects. post and I do stuff at darker projects I guess I I started doing darker projects I was I I'm one of those people that happened upon darker projects through the voice acting alliance slash VAA um, there was an audition for it might have been for quantum retribution. I'm not sure. It was some woman with a Russian accent. And they were like, oh, that's really good. We already cast it. And then I ended up over at Dream Realm because they needed someone with a Russian accent. And then from there, I ended up at Darker Projects because they were doing Doctor Who and they needed someone to play Ivanova. And so I ended up doing Shock, another Russian accent. Which I always have found incredibly embarrassing because my Russian accent is completely not a Russian accent. It is... It is me and a friend of mine. We were at an arcade and it was probably one in the morning by the time we came out and the arcade was a nickel arcade and we were just like, ha ha ha, give us your nickels. And then we like played Clue and we just kept talking in this really bizarre accent. We were like, Colonel Mustard in the conservatory with the wrench. And somehow this became a Russian accent for Ivanova. Yeah. But um, that's where I started, and then I just kept auditioning for stuff at Darker Projects because I love Darker Projects. I love Darker Projects. I just do. Um, yeah, probably, wow. My favorite roles are, um, I, I love Lauren from Falcon Banner. I love Falcon Banner. Falcon Banner, Falcon Banner, Falcon Banner. And I also love Byron a great deal, and I love Chris, obviously. Um, but I also really like Star Trek because you can't you can't not like Star Trek. You can't. It's impossible. Impossible. I've been with Darker Projects for a long time now. Come to think of it, I don't even really remember how long ago it was. But it was a long time ago. I mean, whenever the heck it was that that Doctor Who thing came out. But I was living back in Chicago, which definitely says something. And yeah. You have to understand that people seem to think that I'm a terribly interesting person because I do acting, and I'm terribly uninteresting by myself. That's why I need to act, because if I don't act, I'm... I don't really have much to offer. (laughs) Okay, 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 I'm lying. I'm lying. Or, well, 
I don't think I'm lying. But then, you know, you got those friends and they're all like, no, you shouldn't say that about yourself. You gotta have high self-esteem. Yeah. So, okay, I'm, I'm not a terribly uninteresting person. I like video games and uh, anime and cartoons in general. And I've got a top secret day job that nobody can know about. Yeah, so I guess I'm not terribly uninteresting. But, um, yeah, so that's me as my my DP involvement career in a nutshell, I guess. Ta-da! Come in, please. Byron, this is Agent Catherine. I believe you may have met. By met, I take it you mean shot in the chest by... I was simply following orders. I very much doubt you would have come willingly. You could have asked before you shot me. What is done is done, Byron. Catherine will be going with you on this mission. With me? Malachi, I work best alone. I will be with you to ensure the Watch's interests are being kept. Ah, I see. I assume this means you don't trust me. Let's just say Catherine will keep you focused on the task at hand. Now, I think it's time you were both off. We rode out to the city in the back of an old military truck. I sat on one side, Catherine on the other, with two members of the watch that kept me covered with a pair of rifles. I couldn't tell if these shot tranquilizer darts or bullets, and to be honest, I wasn't all that eager to find out. I've read the watch's dossier on you. Must have been a very stimulating read. There are records on you dating from even before the rise of the Roman Empire. I believe you were called Shelfie back then? Don't believe everything you read. I think what I found most fascinating is that no one knows what you really are. You're not a vampire, not one of the immortals, at least from what we know of them. I hope this doesn't mean you're planning to cut my head off to find out if I'll die. (laughs) Of course not. It's just, I'd like to know what you are, Byron. What race are you a part of? Are there any others like you walking the earth? What I am is... it's complicated. But there are others like me walking the world. Really? There are only four of us in all. I have one older brother and two younger sisters. And they're just like you? Well, I wouldn't say they are exactly like me. They've never approved of what I'm doing and see it as a waste of time. That's another thing. Just what is it you're doing? The Watch has never been able to piece it together, but we do believe you're up to something. Everyone is up to something, Catherine. Even you. You work with the Watch to protect humanity from creatures you consider evil. The other races are evil. They're not part of God's divine plan. They are tools of Satan meant to... I've heard the propaganda speeches before. It's funny, but the Watch's views on other races always reminded me of the speeches Hitler gave just before he started rounding up the Jews. What we do protects mankind. I'm sure Hitler felt the same way. As did Joseph McCarthy when he accused ordinary people of being communists in the 50s. Or that so-called Christian coalition when they try to protect the American family against the radical gay agenda. Hate and fear are a universal constant. What we do is different. Is it, Catherine? Is it really? On to the next question. Okay. I don't get the fan club thing. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't understand. (laughs) Um... I think it's great. Don't get me wrong. I think it's 
It's really indescribable. I think it's great. Absolutely great. I don't understand it, but I think it's wonderful. Because, I mean, hell, I mean, am I allowed to swear? Crap. Wow. Uh, it's just, it's like, you know, I do this to reach other people and to touch people and to entertain. So having fans is like, I guess the goal. I don't know if the goal is really what I want to say, but it's... It lets me know that, you know, I am, in fact, entertaining and, uh, you know, reaching other people out there and that I'm not just talking to myself in a closet, which is what it feels like most of the time. So I definitely appreciate anyone that just goes out of their way to be like, I loved you in this or I just thought you were great in that. It's, But it just blows my mind because I don't think of myself as um, someone that's fan worthy. <laughs> Uh, part two of this question says, There are those that think your voice is quite sexy. To which I say, Man, really? Because I always think my voice sounds quite nerdy. <laughs> but I guess, you know, when I'm doing something like this, it does sound kind of sexy. Just a little. Okay, well, whatever. I'm a girl. I don't know what girl sex is supposed to sound like. I know what boy sex is supposed to sound like, you know. Where it's like, ooh, he sounds so nice. And me, I'm like, um, I'm, I just do what I assume a sexy girl would sound like. Which, in my head, sounds like something like this. Yeah. <laughs> and how dirty and used does that make me feel? Not dirty and used at all. Assuming that... Uh, no, you know what? It just doesn't—it doesn't make me feel dirty or used at all. I like having fans, and I appreciate people that think that they like the sound of my voice. Yeah. Um. Although, it probably should be. Everyone should be aware of the fact that I do have a fiance, and we've been together for years. So you know, probably not going to break up with him anytime soon. Just so anyone out there knows, being upfront about it. Although I appreciate it, I guess. I don't know. I, lo I lost track of what I'm saying. I've got ADD. That's part of being an actor, too. That's why they have words on the page that you follow. Because it's like, you know, oh, I'll never let you get the diamond. Ooh, pretty birdie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yay, voiceover. So, thank you, fans. It boggles my mind. It completely boggles my mind. When I Google my name and I see someone say something about me and I'm like, wait, 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 who, you know who I am and you, you know who I am and you, you like what I do and that's fantastic. Oh yes, by the way, I do Google my name. I think everybody does it. So, you know, nothing to be ashamed of. It's okay. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's really mind blowing for me. Cause you know, I sort of do this just to, I guess, keep my sanity. I, I can't live without voiceover, so I just hop in the studio and I record whatever I record. And, yeah. So, you hear that? That's the traffic. That's really fun. When I'm doing a really serious part, and it's, like, all deep and intense, and then it's like, dong, 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 out the window. Yeah, I really appreciate that. So, anybody out there who drives with the bass turned really high up, you have my undying, unending, eternal love forever and ever. Yeah. Um, great. Now I just sound like a crazy person. Oh, well. Shutting up now. <laughs>
Simon? What are you doing here? Get your coat. We have to go, and we have to go right now. My coat? Why? Where are we going? I'll explain later, but if we don't go now, we'll miss the train, and that'll mess everything up. Look, I got no idea what you're talking about. It's Christmas Eve. Most people, when they drop by on Christmas Eve, say Merry Christmas and drop off a present or something. I don't know. I'm not like most people. But if you insist, Merry Christmas. Now get your coat. We have to go. But it's Christmas Eve. So you keep pointing out. Well, did you ever consider I might have plans tonight? Oh. Oh, sorry. Did you have plans? Well, no, not really. <laughs> I thought I'd watch Rudolph and maybe have some eggnog or something. Then can you please get your coat and come along? I need your help, and believe me, this will be more memorable than sitting around here all night. Okay. Let's go. It's raining again. Why is it after September? It just seems to rain all the time. You live in the northwest. What did you expect? I don't know. Some snow might be nice. This is Portland, Chris. We don't do snow. Freezing rain once in a while, sure, but but never snow. Whatever. Where are we going? We have to catch the train. You mean the Max? There's not a Max station anywhere near here. No, I don't mean the Max. I mean the train. The Max is a train. Yes, but not the type of train we're trying to catch. Now, come on. Ah, here we are. The train is through here. Yes, it is. I just have to figure out how to unlock this gate. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Byron, I think this is just a storage shed. It may be a storage shed now. But once upon a time, this was going to be part of a number of access stairs down to an underground subway system. Portland was going to have a subway. Yes, a long time ago they began construction on it, but it never got finished. Why not? Oh, various problems. Some of the tunnels had a nasty habit of flooding when it rained too much. How shocking! Another reason was a number of the workers vanished, only to be later found ripped apart. <sighs> ripped apart? Yes. There are some very nasty things living underneath the city. Ah. ah, there we go. Come along, Chris. We have a train to catch. Batman, no man's land. Okay, this is something I can go on and on about. I think. I hope. Let's try. Okay. Um, I started No Man's Land about. Oh my God, four years ago now. Ah. And it's still not done. Oh my god, I'm so terrible. I'm a terrible producer. Okay, but I started about four years ago. I wasn't originally going to do it for two main reasons. One, doing a book is hard because you have a bunch of action scenes and you don't have the glory of narrator because I refuse to use narrators. I've never used a narrator in a single... Well, I used a narrator in my first project because it was based off of a video game that had a narrator. But for the most part, I don't add narrators. I, I think it's dumb, for lack of a better term. I don't do it. So there, there, was, there was that challenge, and then there was challenge number two, that it had a main character who was mute, which meant they weren't going to speak, which meant, how the heck do you know what's going on, because they're not talking. 
And then I just randomly decided, uh, screw it. So, yeah, I, um, pretty much, I always, Batgirl is like my love and my everything, and I love her to death, and I would die a happy, happy death if I could play Batgirl in anything, anywhere, anytime, anything. So I was like, hey, no one else is going to do a Batman project. I might as well do a Batman project. Obviously, this was before Pendant's Batman project, but, um, so... I went, okay, and I cast myself as Oracle, and I recorded that 10-minute prologue monologue thing, and held auditions on the VAA for more people, and I was really, really, really lucky to get the people that I got in my cast. People like Chris Williams, who's a Joker, and also Two-Face, but he wasn't Two-Face originally, even though I loved his Two-Face. I was trying not to double cast because I had so many talented people, and then Two-Face dropped out, and I went, eh, screw it. Sparf, will you be Two-Face? Great, thanks. So, I mean, I'm just, I was really blessed, and uh, what made me decide to bring it under the DP banner? They said, you want to bring it under the DP banner? And I went, okay, because as I established earlier, I love darker projects. I love darker projects. So it was like, okay. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it now. Okay. Great. So, yeah. Um, No Man's Land. It's been going on for so long. It's just sort of like part of my existence, I guess. And I'm still working on it, obviously. But um, I hope that people at Darker Projects appreciate it and love it and take it in as one of their own, even though it didn't start out as one of their own. It's a great story. I really recommend that anybody that's interested go read the comics, read the book. They're both, they're different, the comics and the book. And mine is based off of the book, the novelization by Greg Ruka. But, oh, they're just both great. So, obviously, the solution is to go out and buy the five trade paperbacks and the novel right now on Amazon.com. Oh, plug. Okay, but seriously, I really, yeah. Batman's been an absolute pleasure to work on and it was it was my third producing project and you can definitely tell based on those earlier episodes it's like okay yeah those footsteps don't really yeah no mm, yeah but I it's a lot of what has increased my uh, production values on Batman is listening to Darker Projects stuff because I got involved in Darker Projects and I started listening to some of the great audio drama on Darker Projects like Star Trek and Falcon Banner, etc. And I was inspired to not suck as hard. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely think that, I mean, I just, I think that it's a good project now. I wish I could go back and redo some of the older episodes, but that's not a possibility because computers crash and I have lost files, and so they're just going to have to stay like that as a testament to the fact that I was not always as cool as I am now. But, you know, that's cool. I think that the people of Dark Projects will embrace me and love my little baby as one of their own. Or so I'm hoping. How do you do it? Talk to the ship? No, that's easy. You just have to read her emotions correctly. I mean, how do you remain so calm? You're tied more closely to her than any of us. Your skin must be crawling considering her feelings toward Cardiac. 
Cardiac, like me, is nothing more than a memory. It's been a very long time, and there's a saying where I come from. You can only sharpen a sword so many times before you wear out the blade. I doubt they've had much of a chance to think about conquest while leaking out a survival on such a remote world in the middle of hostile territory. I don't know. Hatreds have a way of festering, sometimes lasting generations. Maybe. What's it like out in L.A.? Yes, so I think I mentioned earlier that I was in Chicago when I started working at... Working, whatever, doing stuff with... Playing. Playing with darker projects. Ooh. Um... But I was in college then. I went to college, graduated, animation major. Very exciting stuff, I know. Um, and moved out to L.A. to do voiceover. What's it like out here? There are mountains, there are palm trees, and it's hot. No, really, that's that's about it. That's all I can say that's really different from Chicago. Oh, and I can't get good pizza out here, which drives me crazy. I want stuffed pizza right now. Mmm, Eduardo's. Okay, but anyway. Uh, on the plus side, you can get really good Japanese out here. But, um, what else is it like out in I get to take a lot more classes out here. I have taken so many classes since I have moved to L.A. that it has totally filled up the years in Chicago where there were barely any classes around. So there you go. Um, do I feel more like a real actor? Hmm, no. Yes, I don't feel like I myself have changed, but the opportunities are definitely way different, way better. I mean, hey, I'm... In a cartoon! Which, by the way, its name is, uh, Tweeny Witches, and you can check it out, and even though I'm just additional voices, you know, hey, <laughs> Buy it. Okay. Moving on. Um. Anyway, other than that, being out in L.A. is pretty much the same as being in Chicago, except that I'm recording in a really tiny closet instead of a moderately-sized room that was very nice. <sighs> but, you know, hey can't live in your parents' house forever, right? So, um, what else is different about California? No snow. <laughs> Way to go, Laura. That was only the most obvious observation you could have come up with. I know, thank you so much! Okay, anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, and it's, I've met up with a lot of other actors since I've moved out here. There are definitely more of us out here than there were in Chicago, so that says something. I don't think I could really say I feel more like a real actor, though. It's like such a... I don't know. I've never felt like a... That's what the problem is. I've never felt like a real actor. I... I'm me. I... (laughs) I go into the booth and they go, Hey, we need you to be an angry guard. No angrier. There you go. Okay, now say you're under arrest. You're under arrest. There you go. Great. Not to say that there isn't acting involved, but it's just... I don't know. I definitely don't do any of that, you know, researching the character and writing character biography things and stuff that they teach you in theater school, or so I assume they teach you in theater school since I never went to theater school, but I took high school drama a lot, and that's the sort of stuff that they talked about, and I guess that's what makes you a real actor, and I never really do that, so I guess I'm not a real actor, and I've never really thought of myself as a real actor. I think of myself as an actress 
who acts. I, you know, I get given a script and I go, okay, here I am. I am a starship captain or I am a vampire, (laughs) you know, and I just go with it. And I think there's a piece of me in every single character. And so I don't know if that makes me a bad actor or a good actor. And I guess in everybody's books, that's going to be a different answer. Some people are going to be like, no, 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 you have to completely transform yourself and ba-da-da-da-da. And other people are going to be like, no, you have to bring truth to every character. And the only way to bring that truth to a character is to, you know, impart a piece of yourself onto that character. And I don't know the answer. And I don't think anyone really knows the answer. I just get up and I play and I have a good time. And it's great. Woo! Okay, um, Tiger's Quest. Yes, Tiger's Quest and the Tiger's Second Quest. And I play Clarice. And, oh, there's nothing terribly exciting to say about it. I very much enjoyed doing those projects. Um, pretty much the auditions were on Voice 123. And I, I was at that time a member of Voice 123. So I auditioned and I got the part of Clarice, which I just was stoked about because, frankly, I figured I wasn't going to have a chance at her. Um, and the nice thing was I got to sing, <laughs> and I love singing. I I don't sing much anymore, but I used to be the quite the choir bug, um, choir geek, choir nerd, whatever it is, from, like, third grade to whatever grade it is when you graduate as a senior from high school. I honestly don't remember what grade that is. A 9, 10, 12th grade. So from 3rd grade to 12th grade, uh, I was quite the choir geek. Music geek. I'm not a band geek, though. Mm-hmm. But choir geek, yeah. So I did lots of singing. It was fun to get to sing in a project. Uh, I thought it was neat that in the second one, the... Because in the first... The first... Tiger's Quest 1, the first, um, the male lead in the romantic interest is played by Phil Snyder, but in the second one, he couldn't come back, I don't know why, don't ask, uh, but in the second one, he gets played by David Alt, and I love David Alt, I do, I do, I'm part of his fan club, so there you go. I might not understand my own fans, but I'm definitely a fan of David Alt, so... Uh, I thought it was kind of neat, especially because it's like, hee hee hee, we're in Byron together, and now we're in Tiger's Quest 2 together, tee hee 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 hee, we sing. I'm lame. I know I'm lame. You don't need to remind me. So that's pretty much that with the Tiger Project thingy. Um, definitely check it out if you're feeling up to it and you want to hear me sing. Uh, and use a British accent. I think you've heard me use a British accent, you know, in things like Byron. And I don't even remember what else. But, um, you get to hear me sing, but you don't really get to hear me do a DP. So, and frankly, you don't want to hear me sing a DP. Wait, I can imagine it now. Byron, the musical. Um, crap. Wait, they did that on Buffy, though, didn't they? They had singing and dancing vampires. I guess it'll just have to be Star Trek the musical. Mm-hmm. The Borg! The Borg! Oh no, it's the Borg! It's great! I'm full of ideas. <laughs> well, 
I think that that's all there is to know about me. Hmm. I say pop instead of soda. And I prefer Cloud Tifa to Cloud Eris. And... Horde for the win. Yeah, that's it. listening to Behind the Scenes at Darker Projects. Featured in this episode was Laura Post. Theme music was by Oakman's Dreamland. Downloads available at soundclick.com. Additional music was by Orange Oblivion. To hear more of their music, go to garageband.com slash orangeoblivion. This series is produced by Ellie Hirschman. Post-production on this episode was by Dennis Cornelison. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production. To hear more quality audio and podcasts, please visit darkerprojects.com. Yeah.